Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We have a ton of stuff to talk about today. Big show. Andrew, (laughs) we're going to be talking about the Lenovo Smart Display with Google Assistant. We've got it here right on the table next to us. Very impressive. This is a competitor to the Amazon Echo Show, which I use. And so we're going to be talking about this as an alternative to that, or perhaps an addition for somebody who already has a lot of Google Assistant devices in their home. It's becoming a mess in that way. Absolutely. Not that this is a bad product, but I mean, just all the, you know. I've got some complaining to do about that related to Alexa, but we can save that for later on. Plus, Nintendo puts a new twist on its Labo cardboard accessories for the Switch. We're going to be talking about the next iPhones, the new MacBooks, Mm -hmm. and we're going to have some answers for people out there who are struggling to play Minecraft on their Chromebook. People, specifically me. Yeah, that is a very small (laughs) niche. How many of you out there are struggling to play Minecraft on your Chromebook? I think you might be underestimating the size of that population. Okay, okay, fair. We'll talk about that later on. Okay, let's jump in with our news segment, Andrew. Okay, where are we starting? Let's talk about the new MacBook Pro, first of all. You've got it here on the table next to you. New MacBook Pro. It is a thing of beauty, but as we were talking about before we started recording, it looks a lot like... The previous MacBook Pro. So what's, yeah. what's new about this thing? Well, I mean, Apple keeps the same design for many years on all of its products. Um, maybe even the iPads, like, they look pretty similar. They don't really shy, like, go away from their designs. They redesign things every few years. But they will do spec upgrades using that same design. So the new MacBook Pro, they only updated the MacBook Pro. So the MacBook and the MacBook Air have not seen any updates this year yet. What they've done is they've moved to Intel's eighth generation processors. And then on the 15-inch version in particular, they've gone to DDR5 RAM, which allows them to now offer up to 32 gigabytes of RAM in a MacBook Pro for the first time. I got to confess, I have no, I know what RAM is, random access memory. This is like the short-term memory (laughs) of a computer. I have no idea what DDR RAM is. What what is that? that? all, All the RAM that you've been using for I don't know, the past decade and a half is DDR RAM. It's that now it's DDR5. DDR5. So all that means okay. is, I mean, to put it in the simplest terms, people were complaining with the last 2017 MacBook Pro, why can I only max it out at 16 gigabytes? Why can't you give me a 32 gigabyte option like some of these other computer makers do? Um, and first of all, it was because they didn't have the eighth generation Intel processors that could handle that, but oh. also they were using DDR4 RAM. So now it's DDR5. They have the 8th generation processors, so now they can offer up to 32 gigabytes of RAM. That sounds like some, somebody who's doing some serious video editing That's or right. something very high-end, high-end gaming where you need a giant amount of yeah. memory, short-term memory to basically handle the, the size of the game right. that you're 3D playing. 3D modeling, any of that kind of stuff. So I have a 32 gig version here. They're now doing 6-core processors instead of 4-core, again, on the 15-inch. So this is a 6-core i9 processor with 32 gigabytes of RAM. Now, so, when these came out, there was a big controversy. Right. Um, one YouTube personality named Dave Lee. He's really well known for um, tech videos, but in particular, his laptop reviews. And he got one of these new MacBook Pros with the Core i9 in it. And the Core i9 is... They've never had a Core i9 in a MacBook Pro. Like, it's the top of the line for Intel consumer processors and they probably don't belong in a laptop form factor like they are they run extremely hot and what happened was he was testing out 
um, using Adobe's Premiere, which is their video editing. He was monitoring the processor, and he was seeing that the processor would throttle itself. So let's say it was a 2.9 gigahertz processor, and it could turbo boost up to, let's just say, 5 gigahertz. It would actually drop down to like 800 megahertz. Like the processor couldn't even keep up with its advertised speed on, under heavy load. So you're buying a laptop that says it's 2.9 gigahertz and not realizing that when you start doing heavy workloads on it, which is why you get a MacBook Pro, the processor throttles itself to underneath the advertised speeds. So it's like buying a, a V8 truck and realizing all you've got is a four-cylinder. Correct. Something like that. So there was a huge you know, backlash and people were like, Apple is making these laptops so thin. All they care about is thinness and lightness and not properly cooling the laptop because other laptops with an i9, they're like thick and they have these fans and they're loud, but that's what you need to do to cool them. And apparently Apple worked with Dave Lee behind the scenes to kind of mimic what he was doing. And they say they found a, I forget what they called it, a missing digital key, something like that. Like basically there was some code that was missing that told the fans how to appropriately Act. So that's fixable by a software update. Yeah, they, and they've already fixed it. They've addressed it. So now it actually does run the way it's supposed to. But for about a week, people were like, they were buying these i9 MacBook Pros. They were replicating. They were seeing that they weren't getting what they thought they were buying, and people were returning them in droves. And so, so yeah. and in the meantime, now that it's actually running at uh, full speed, does mm -hmm. that mean that it's basically melting in your lap? Uh, it does run hot. It hasn't been. Um, an issue for me, but also it's rare that I use my, I like, we call them laptops still, but it's rare that I put True. it on my lap. Like I usually have it on a desk, like something like this. Yep. If I'm doing video editing, like on my lap, it's just not comfortable. I will use it on my lap to like check email or something like that, but it hasn't been that big of a deal. You know, uh, Panos Panay from the Microsoft oh, service yeah. team, him? actually, he has, He's a good guy. he has a, a phrase for that, that he invented, oh, lap, no. lapability. No. <laughs> he tried to use that word to say that they're weird, thin laptops that click up. No. Yeah. No. All right. Pados. So this is the new MacBook Pro. New it's MacBook available Pro. now. Obviously, they've fixed that issue with that the issue's processor. That issue been fixed. So do you recommend it, for example, for somebody who has an existing MacBook Pro? Yes. Um, if you have an existing, well, it depends on you know how recent it is. If you need more RAM, this is the first time you can get 32 gigs. You know, the thing with processors, you know, again, going back to that, this is a very thin profile and it does not allow you to get the maximum, even with the fix, it will run at the advertised base clock speed, but the, the turbo boost, you're not going to get what you would get from like a thick two inch laptop with all the grills and fans and all that. You're not going to get the same performance out of the MacBook Pro from a processing perspective, it's just impossible. You know, you're working against science. You need as much airflow or liquid cooling as you can get. So I always recommend to people, unless you have a really specific need to get all the megahertz as possible, just get the base processor. The jump from 2.6 to 2.9 is not that much. But get as much RAM as get you as can. Much RAM get as, get you as can. much memory. So get as much RAM as you gigabytes, can. 16 gigabytes, right. 32 gigabytes. That's what is more important. That's to where you. I put my money, yes. And that, of course, as distinguished from your flash drive, your storage, which mm -hmm. it goes up. That'd be of, second. Yeah. I, would, I would get the RAM first, then put my money towards the storage. Now they go up to four terabytes SSD. Wow. They have the fastest yes. SSD in uh, 
on the Earth right now. Four terabytes. Yeah. Now, if you want to four, if you want to max it out with a Core i nine, four terabytes, and thirty two gigabytes of RAM, how much do you think that would cost? About twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> Down payment not on my house. Not that bad. It's, it's seven thousand dollars. <laughs> it's not that far off. Right. But well. that's for four terabytes. Like if you yeah. if you just get you know I have one terabyte here, which is plenty for me. And again, like this is these SSDs are are high class. So if you if you need more storage but you don't want to pay that much, I would say just get an external drive. Yeah. You know, and I got to say, it is a beautiful machine. The the one thing, Andrew, that I think your MacBook Pro is missing. What's that? Some laptop stickers. Oh, like that. <laughs> like mine. Can Come on see, now. Can they see? I mean, you're thinking. The people on the video can see it. Yeah. You can't yeah, even I, tell. It looks like you're carrying around a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's funny. I, when I had a MacBook Pro, I was using it every day. I did not put stickers on it. It's too beautiful. It's ah, like you right. don't want to. You don't want to screw with somebody's sculpture. You yes. Know? Yes. But you know, now, my, Lenovo computers, Lenovo, though. You know, you know, sort of uh, flat black. <laughs> Liven it up a little bit. Put some stickers on there. All right, new MacBook Pros. Now, on to the next Apple news, which is simply a rumor. Explain this whole iPhone 9, iPhone 10 Plus. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on here, Andrew? Well, that's just the names. That's <laughs> just the name. So this fall, uh, um, we have it on pretty good authority. Like, you know, when we're leading into the fall, all the Apple rumors start hitting for iPhone sure. particularly, sure. and usually they're spot on. And so this year we're expecting to see three new iPhone models. Um, one would be a successor to the iPhone 10. We don't know what they're going to call these things, but is it the 10? Is it the 11? 10 10s? I don't know. But there's going to be a successor to the exact form factor of the iPhone 10. Then there will also be a 6.5 inch iPhone. 10 plus if it was released this year i don't know if it's going to be called a 10 plus since the 10 came out last year but a plus model 6.5 inch six it's basically a, a tablet at that, point, that point i mean yeah so i mean well what you're carrying now with your iphone 10 is a 5.8 inch right so but, it, but it's so awesome because it is edge to edge as a display and so same thing. you get that 5.8 inch and like my, one of my colleagues ended up getting a iphone 8 Plus, mm-hmm. and you know, you compare the screen size to yeah. the device size, and you're just so much better off with the iPhone 10 edge to edge glass approach. I, I think I agree with that. But putting that into a 6.5 inch, I Correct. mean, that, that's sort of it'll be a similar size to okay. an iPhone 8 Plus, but okay. just all screen. So, s- sim- same idea. So, you'll have those two form factors, but then the interesting one is you have the 5.8 inch and you have the 6.5 inch, and then in the middle, there'll be a 6.1 inch phone which will be their low-end tier. So it's larger than the 10, but cheaper, because instead of having an OLED display, it'll have an LED display. But it'll have the same notch cut out for Face ID, and it'll have on the back, it'll have one camera instead of the pair of cameras. And so we don't know if this is the iPhone 9 or what they're going to end up calling this, but it's basically the successor to the 8, because that's the the new entry-level model. It's supposed to be a colorful phone. Remember the iPhone 5C? Yeah. So this will be the glass, but it'll have, you know, blue, yellow, orange, white, you know, multiple colors that you can choose from. Um, so this, but this is the death of the home button. All three of these phones are going to be the new, you know, all screen display. But won't they still continue to offer the iPhone 8 for the people who just can't? Sure, I think they'll still offer the older phones. But what I mean is for as far as a new, new models, phone with yeah. the new, you know, the new chip and all the new hardware inside, you're only going to have the option to get a full display phone. It's interesting because 
I'll hand my phone to somebody in my family, to my daughter, to my wife. And even though they occasionally use the iPhone 10 mm-hmm. because they're you know, grabbing my phone and doing something with it, they still have to have me say, okay, wait a second. Where's the home button? You know, so I think mm, this is still going to be an adjustment for people to get used to that little horizontal line. I mean, line. it's the easiest thing to do, though. It I mean, is. It's just swipe. But it does take at least a day or two of usage to really start to feel natural with it. And I, and I think that is going to be an adjustment for people. Frankly, I think it's probably going to be more of an adjustment than the lack of the headphone jack because mm. that's just a problem you solve with hardware, whereas right. learning to live without the home button is really changing your own behavior, yes. which I think is an issue for people. Don't you think it feels a little more natural, though, once you use once it you, for oh, a day? By far. Going back to a button to do things feels weird. It does. Very weird. Okay, so that's a quick look at the landscape of potential new iPhones coming yeah. out this fall. Those will all run iOS 12, I Correct. presume, which you and I have been testing along yeah. with thousands of others out there. In other upgrade news, Andrew, I got to tell yeah. you, I am just about ready to give up my Xbox 360. I've been noticing. Just about ready. <laughs> just You're about. not there yet. I've been noticing my daughter has not been playing Connect Party with her friends anymore. Okay. So I think she may have outgrown that phase, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was the only <laughs> app, the only game that was keeping me on that's why the xbox 360 yeah it was i mean you could turn How that thing on it 360 yeah, at this point it's got to be a dozen years old Jeez. at this point well and it's gone through various upgrades right. and iterations so i'm thinking about getting a N- nintendo switch okay. that would be the obvious changing platforms yeah, absolutely completely and i'll tell you something came out this past week that made me want a switch even more which is they announced the next version coming out in september of the, the Nintendo Labo, mm-hmm. which is essentially like a cardboard kit yep. that you put together, and it creates this accessory around the Switch controller. Yeah. Really cool. and That's interesting. Yeah. I love this concept. These are going to cost $70 a piece. Basically, you can turn it into steering and control setups. The same game like uses can be used as like a vehicle toggle, a car, a plane, a boat. You know, all these kinds of interesting ways of controlling things. The video looks really cool. This is the next version of the Labo, and I know right. that you've had some exposure at least to the, the current version, the, the yeah, previously yeah. released and ones. There, and when you say version, it's really just the next set. It's not right. like it's, uh, right. you know, because it's all cardboard. It's not like they've which you know, is so awesome. re-engineered the cardboard, but it makes it, it is inexpensive um, because it's not like you're buying a, a whole new, you know, tech hardware add-on um but they're cool because it's almost like you know nintendo always does things differently they always try to how can we put our spin on something even with the switch you have a home console that you can take with you and when you get home you dock it and you get full experience um even that in and of itself is different but it's almost like doing a science project when you Mm -hmm. have these labo things it's like you're you're putting something together and you're making technology work tangibly in the real world it's not just looking at a screen and manipulating things you're actually manipulating things in the real world which is you can't do that with an xbox you cannot do that with a playstation it's impossible well if you think back to the original wii and things like the wii controller the wii motes and remember the balance board yeah the wii fit balance board. this is clearly where they've been headed all along with these alternative controls Whereas you have Microsoft really for a long time focusing on motion controls yeah. with the Kinect, and that sort of faded away. Now it's interesting it's to bad. see Nintendo getting some traction here with motion controls again and with yeah. alternative forms of them. That's cool. What did you think? Did you like the Kinect though? Like I like the Kinect a lot. Oh yeah, I think it's. I thought it was very unfortunate the day that from the 
Xbox One when they said you can now buy it without the Connect. I knew it was dead because they made it as a, an optional accessory you could still buy. Yeah. But if if you have hardware that everyone has, then it's safe to develop for it. The second it becomes optional, now you're only developing for a subset of users. So you're not going to develop for it. I will tell you, most recently, the thing that's been replacing that whole gameplay mechanic for me at home is the Oculus Go. And this notion <clears throat> this notion of playing like ping pong with the Oculus Go okay, You didn't mention that last time. Is this a new This, this is new. new I just got it this past okay, week. Okay, ping pong for Oculus Go. So is it just you just search ping pong in the app or is it a specific ping pong game? What is this? I got to tell you, I think Facebook and Oculus are really good at targeting people. Because I'm sure somewhere in my past Facebook feed, oh, with th- with things like the Geekwire Bash, yeah. I know that I've said the phrase ping pong at plenty of times, multiple times, and so I go to the main display. I don't know if this is true or not. I'm no, only but assuming. That's a great idea, though. That's an interesting. Yeah, we would, should look into this. Yeah. I would not be surprised if they right. were targeting you based on your past past Facebook posts, because Oculus is owned by Facebook. This whole notion that. They can see your preferences and then serve up content, no pun intended. So there it was, sitting there, Racket Fury for Oculus Go. Okay. And it cost, I think it cost 10 bucks, mm-hmm. uh, and it's pretty darn cool. So are you using the included controller? Yes. Okay, and you use that as a racket. Yes, and it is so realistic and is so difficult. But once you get it going and you're playing against this avatar robot yep. thing on the other side, it's a lot of fun. Interesting. Yeah. Couple, can you couple play, hours wasted this weekend. If we both had one, could we play against each other? That's a great question. I don't know. Let me That'd look into this. Yeah. Do you still have your Oculus Go at home? Okay. We should try this out and report back next week. All right. Okay. All right. That is our news rundown. It's great to be back on Geared Up. And yeah. we will be right back with more, including a hands-on with Lenovo's competitor to the Amazon Echo Show. Coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. Who's this guy? I'm Andrew Edwards. That is Tim Ellis, GeekWire contributor, and he is here to tell us about his experience with the Lenovo Smart Display, which is this week's National Car Rental Story of the Week. Bam! Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Go national. Go like a pro. You can find Andrew's other show, Technically Speaking, on the NationalCar.com Control Center or at YouTube.com slash National Car Rent. That's right. Technically Speaking is the show where I give you all the tips and tricks and suggestions for what gadgets you need to take with you when you travel. Business travel, leisure travel, tech can make your travel easier and better. I tell you what you need to bring with you. Tips, tricks, suggestions, sometimes orders, like direct orders. That's right. You must do this. Do this. All right. Correct. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat of your travel experience, and National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. That's right. I know, because I'm a member. You are a member. All right. Tim, you've been trying out this Lenovo smart display. That's right. Before we jump into this, give us a sense for your smart speaker ecosystem at home so we know the context yeah. in which you tested this. Yeah, so mm. I am fully bought in to the Google Home ecosystem. I've got, I think, four of the regular size Google Homes. I've got two of the minis. What? I've got a one of the little Google uh, Chromecast music things hooked up to my main receiver in the living room. Whoa. So, yeah, it's I'm all in There's on the no Google Home. There's no privacy in your home. Yeah, so basically everything you do is transmit, transmitted into your uh, search <laughs> preferences. Is that That's the way it works? Not, not exactly. The way these work, when it doesn't record all the time and send up to the cloud, it only sends things to the cloud when you specifically ask it to. 
But okay. But yeah, so I was as really far excited. as we know. <laughs> Remember the Alexa thing that was sending people's conversations? Yes. Did we talk about that on this show? We didn't. We didn't. But that was a weird bug. Yes, yeah, that was. They, they and took someone's conversation, sent it to their friend. Yes. Yeah, that was a that was weird. Yes. But as far as I know, I've never heard of any of the Google Homes doing anything like that. So, so. we have the Lenovo Smart Display on the table here in front of us. It's yep. a 10 inch screen, horizontal. Looks like 16 by or 9. Or vertical. It also, oh, so, it also goes vertical. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see here. So this, the, it's a really clever design here. It's got the little triangle-shaped base, so you can turn it vertical. Nice. And unfortunately, you can see it didn't adjust the home screen. Right. The vertical is really just for video calling. Oh. And it's got you can video call with this thing, which is a pretty cool feature. Uh, unfortunately, it only works with Google's Duo app, so it doesn't. You know, you can't put Skype on here or anything else. It's just Google duo for the video calls but it's pretty slick so here's my big question the ultimate question on whether i would get this mm-hmm. does it play youtube it does it's it does Google's play youtube device. of course it I does know. hey i don't want to assume anything in now this well, at this point well, so that yes. that does bring up though so one of the limitations so so it's it's great it plays youtube it does all kind it does all the regular google home stuff this is the first google home device that's not actually made by google right so this is lenovo hardware but it's running sort of not the same. It's not just running Android. It's running a new underlying operating system. Android Things. Yes, Android Things. It's specifically designed for things like this. It plays YouTube. It doesn't play Netflix. You can't use your voice. You can't even open up the Netflix app on your phone and cast Netflix to it, which is sort of the workaround for a lot of the mm. a lot of the types of apps that aren't built in on the device. So like for podcasts, for instance, I use an app called Podcast Addict on my phone and I like to use just my phone to play all my podcasts so it knows exactly what I've listened to or where I'm at or whatever. And this thing, you can't use your voice to start a podcast with Podcast Addict. It uses its own built-in Google Podcast app, but I can cast from Podcast Addict to this using my phone. But for some reason, Netflix, you can't cast. Let me ask you a question about casting. Can you cast any video to this? Right now, only from certain apps. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it you is can... enabled for casting yeah. video. Yeah. And they have specifically not enabled casting. Yeah. For some there's apps. a there's a list of certain apps that are compatible right now and certain apps that aren't. Netflix mm. is not. HBO Go is. Um, yeah, it's kind of a weird mix right now of what is and isn't compatible. That's if, frustrating. If you have the Google Chromecast like plugged into your TV, you can cast pretty much anything, but you can't cast anything to this. That's yet. frustrating. Yeah. So, and I, I think that's something that they're going to improve. I, that's down the line. In my experience, the whole casting stuff. I mean, that is for people like you. <laughs> I, I, I would, and by that Whoa, I mean by, by what people are like you me saying? too. By people for people like me too. I could see myself doing that, and I could see you doing that, and I could see you doing that, Andrew. I could not see my wife or my daughter doing that, and. That, to me, is the ultimate measure, the ultimate right. bar of acceptance in a household of technology, whether or not everybody right. can use it. It does take away a little bit of the simplicity of just using your voice, you know, which is which is the great thing that you can do with these. The other kind of weird quirk that I found with this thing that was particularly annoying to me as a sort of Google Home ecosystem user, mm-hmm. it's a little esoteric, but... I use the Google Homes a lot in my house for synchronized music throughout the house, right? So I've got the Chromecast uh, music hooked up to the stereo receiver in the living room, and I've got all the Google Homes throughout the house so I can cast music, and it just plays to the whole house. And you can do that with your voice, too. You can say, you know, cast such and such radio station to the whole house, and it's a group that you've defined. I think the Alexas do the same kind of thing, right? right? Well, for some reason, you can't add this to your groups yet. What? Yeah. It just Why doesn't they ship show up this like that. Is I, it because it's made by a third-party hardware vendor? I don't know. I haven't found any explanation for why you can't do that. 
So that was a little bit frustrating to me. We, While I was using this, I took out the Google Home that was in my kitchen, used this in the kitchen, which is sort of, I think, its main intended place that they want this to live. They've got a a great kind of built-in functionality for recipes. You can ask it to walk you through a recipe, and it just puts this huge, beautiful, full-screen, step-by-step recipe on there. Well, let's do a couple demos. Like, Do you you have this thing set up? Before you do that, I want to mention something, because people talk about Google and privacy all the time. So you've got a switch on top to turn off the microphone, and then a switch on the side, which covers the... Video. Oh, yeah. you can it actually covers see the camera. Like a physical, oh, that's really a physical nice. Physical blocker see. actually slides up. So, so and that's goes just in front like on my laptop here. Is that so built very in? Very similar. It's oh, built well, in. Lenovo. Yeah. There, there you go. Does it. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's oh, a Lenovo there thing. You go. Oh, but that's nice. I mean, if Lenovo chose to do that themselves, great. But I wonder if Google kind of mandates on these devices give people these two. I wouldn't be surprised if that was just Lenovo, given that you're seeing it here on the laptop hardware. It's one thing, like when I see those, like the Amazon, like the Echo Spot, that's the little round one, right? Yep. Yep. Like the notion of having one of those right next to your bed with a camera, like always watching you in bed, that's just creepy. Not wrong with that. Not not a fan (laughs) of that. Drop in. You know, so so, yeah, definitely if I was going to put one of these like in a bedroom or something, having the ability to switch the camera off and make sure you know nobody's, you know, looking in on you. And microphone. Yeah. So we've got this on the table here in front of us, 10-inch screen with a, a speaker to the left of mm-hmm. it. Very nice white industrial design. Wood on back. I, yeah, I, it's actual bamboo on the back. Yep. Yep. This, to me, looks better than the Amazon Echo Show. The Echo Show looks kind of like a toaster sitting on your <laughs> car. Both from a hardware and software perspective, too. You like, like the, this? The this UI has a much interface. better user interface than Amazon just kind of feels like it's made for, well, I guess they make it for everybody. So anybody can use it regardless of age, but it really feels like it's geared towards the baby boomer segment. It, it does. And I think that thing, the Echo Show, was originally meant to be more of a security panel. So it kind of has mm. that feel to it. It looks like it could have been made by Honeywell. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I, the industrial design in this, I really, yeah. I really like. All right. So let's take this thing through its paces here. Yeah. So one of the things I really like, too, about having a screen is that you can see in real time what it's interpreting you as saying. I can say, hey, Google, what's the forecast today? You can see it in pops up today, on there. It'll be partly cloudy with a forecasted high of 80 and a low of 59. And it's giving me the forecast for Everett right because that's where I live. And partly cloudy. Yeah, and it and it's great because it popped up, you know, unlike the Google Home devices that don't have a screen, you know, it just gave the audio just gives you the forecast for today, right. but then you can see here on the screen we've got like the 6-day forecast or no, okay, actually it's it's not the day. This is showing the trend throughout the rest of the day. So it's Anyway, it's pretty great. You can do recipes. So, you know, hey, Google, give me a recipe for bacon omelet. Here are some recipes I found. So you can scroll through these recipes with your hand. And then you can, once you choose one of them, Mm. you just tap on it. Bacon, ham, and cheddar. Hey, Google, show me the bacon, ham, and cheddar omelet bake. Doesn't that sound good? Is that going to work? Let's see. Here you go. Oh, look at that. I hadn't actually tried that. I was using the touch interface once it, once it popped up on the screen. But Well, yeah. if, you're, if your hands have eggs all over yeah. them. You but know. you did have Absolutely. to swipe, though. No, but I, I – well, that's true. You may have been able to scroll with the voice. That's not something I tried. So you can either tap the start cooking button or you could say, you know, hey, Google, start cooking. Oh, it heard you. It heard you even mumbling. Oh, look at this. For the next ingredient or skip to the instructions. So this is one thing, though, that's a little frustrating. Hey, Google. Be quiet, please. <laughs> So you can't just say, once it's in this recipe mode, you can't just say, next ingredient. Hmm. Next ingredient. You have to say, you have H- to say the catchphrase yeah. 
every single time. Uh, so it gets a little bit repetitive if you're like, hey, Google, next ingredient. You got to wait. Second ingredient is one half cup. And then it gives you the ingredient. Hey, Google, next ingredient. So you just keep doing that yeah, over and over. Exactly. And people in the house are starting to laugh. <laughs> and it's still easy right there. <laughs> it, you didn't pause long enough. So interpret the entire thing. Wow. I don't understand. <laughs> the voice recognition is really strong. They picked up all every single one of those words. Yeah. It's just like speaking into the Google search app on your phone. Yeah. It's really good. And it's like real time. Yeah. And it's like I said, that's one of the great things about having it on a screen is you can actually see in real time exactly what it's hearing you say. So like I've got a six-year-old daughter and sometimes she's not speaking entirely clearly. You can see exactly how it misunderstood her and figure out, you know, oh, you didn't say such and such a word clear enough or whatever. Interesting. Okay. So this is the Lenovo Smart Display. What do you think, Andrew, compared to the Echo Show? I think it's fantastic. Um, At CES, I got my first look at this back in January and I thought it was one of my favorite things that I saw at CES, particularly because the Echo Show had been out not too long at that point. And comparing that interface to this is the Echo is just it's just worse. It's just yeah. worse. From an interface perspective. It doesn't mean that the Echo Show doesn't work or that Alexa's commands aren't, you know, relevant. It's just this is a more elegant piece of hardware and a more elegant software experience which i appreciate that said it's google it's google assistant so it's not going to have as many integrations as alexa does they're just higher on that list but it does have quite a few um it's just i think uh hardware makers are kind of gearing towards alexa first kind of like how you know software developers go towards ios first so yeah on those lines, here's my ultimate test for the health of a smart speaker's third-party ecosystem. Okay. Hey, Google, play Jeopardy. I looked for Jeopardy, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. Oh. No. Well, it's, How? And it's interpreting that as music because there oh. there are no games on this oh, thing. No okay. no, really? No, you're not going to be able to, you know, like since it's not Android, you can't go into the Play Store and load up any games. And as far as I know, there's no games at all right now in Google Things. Is there any sort of store? There's or no it's store all, at all. Right now, it's just, in is it's just it is. what's on there okay. and what you can cast to it from your phone. Yeah, you, you're not going to play your Alto's Odyssey on here anytime soon. <laughs> so, But you can like add calendar items? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You can view your calendar. You can add a calendar item. You can add a reminder. You can do timers, which is great because it, unlike the speaker-only home you know, where you don't really have any feedback about how much time is left without asking, this thing puts the timer right there on the screen the whole time you're using but, it, all that kind of stuff. That's perfect. Hey, Google, set a reminder. What's the reminder? Send Todd money. <laughs> when do you want to be reminded? Every day. <laughs> Your reminder send Todd money every day at 8 a.m. is ready. Mm. You want to save it? First thing in the morning. Yes. Come on, Google. Okay. I'll remind you every day at 8 a.m. Now, this is interesting because usually when you try to set a reminder, it tries to verify your voice. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Perfect. And, and it won't set a reminder unless it recognizes who you are. So I'm wondering if this is setting the reminder for me. Uh, and for some reason, this device just isn't doesn't have that reminder right. voice recognition built in. Or, I wonder if our voices are similar, or we sound too similar. Are we it. voice twins? I don't know. Maybe voice we just discovered. twins. Okay, on the subject of money, how much? Yeah, so this 10-inch version is 250 dollars, and the 8-inch version is 200 dollars. Although it. for a while, I, I think Costco might be selling this one for 200. Correct. Um, the 8-inch version does not have the bamboo back, though. It just has a regular mm-hmm. plastic, if anyone cares about that. Yeah. Okay. That is the Lenovo Smart Display with Google Assistant. 
Tim Ellis, you can check out his new podcast, Dispatches from the Multiverse. That is not a tech podcast, by the way. Well, but it has a tech it's not a, and the, a the protagonist is a tech <laughs> not person. Tech news. It's right. not news. It's it's it's, it's a, fiction. It's a comedy sci-fi improv. Yeah. There you go. Where can people find that, Tim? It's at Dispatches FM. Dispatches That's FM. Dispatches FM on Twitter or dispatches.fm is the website. There you go. I will be making an appearance at some point. Yes. Yeah. Claire well, will also be making well, an appearance at some point. How come I haven't been invited on? If you want to come up, you know. That's right. We'll that, maybe that's when the send money thing can come <laughs> into play. You can follow Tim on Twitter at the underscore Tim. That's right. The Tim on Twitter. All right. Tim Ellis, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. We will be right back with a rip roaring Ask Andrew segment. Wow. That's coming up on Geared Up on GeekWire. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Andrew I like to, to ask you questions. You do. A lot. You ask me a lot of questions. I do ask you a lot of questions. And occasionally on the site, we've run a feature called Ask Andrew. So mm-hmm. I'd like mm-hmm. to bring that back here right. on Geared Up if I could. Let's do it. Here is my Ask Andrew question of the week. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to sell it, man. Right. You got to okay. sell it. <laughs> so my daughter loves Minecraft. Okay. To, as many millions of kids out of there course. do. And she ends up playing it a lot on my iPhone we have primarily been using a Chromebook in mm-hmm. the house for Netflix, media consumption, you know, all, all sorts of paying right. bills, you know, all, all sorts of little things. But hers is do. out of commission currently. Right. It's That's a whole other long we story. We, yeah, we talked about it in the past. So I went and got a new Chromebook and I thought I was getting one that ran Android apps. And, okay. and in fact, I did. And yet it still does not run Minecraft. And I've done a ton of research on this. Yes, exactly. It's something, I don't know if it's Flash or or something else that Minecraft needs. And I'm sure the people out there will tell me exactly what it is. But it it needs to run that is not on the Chromebook. So here's my question. What would be good options in that price range? You know, you're talking two, three hundred, four hundred dollars $400, no more, for a kid to run and play Minecraft and also have the other benefits of something like a Chromebook and a cheap computing device. What's your advice? Okay. So, I mean, you want to play, you can just start with just Minecraft. If you want to play Minecraft, you can get an iPod Touch for 200 bucks. You can no, get a I, Nintendo Switch for 250 Got it. So, there, you know, you can even get an Xbox for 250 So, I'm just going for the, starting off with just Minecraft. If people want to play Minecraft for a couple hundred dollars, those are some ways you can play Minecraft. Have you played a lot of Minecraft on the Switch? My son has. And does he like it? Oh, yeah. So does, is it essentially the same experience as same. playing on like the Xbox One Absolutely. or something like that? So you're playing with a controller mm-hmm. and you're just doing it that way. Okay. Yeah. Do you know the keyboard versus controller? Is there like a school of thought, almost like PC games versus console games? I've always been a console guy. I hate playing games on a PC. So I'm not a keyboard game player. Keyboard okay. and mouse, that's not me. So I'm all about the controller. So I can't talk about which is better or worse for a game like Minecraft. I yeah. don't know. Um, but those are some way inexpensive ways to play Minecraft. So if you want to play Minecraft on the go, iPod Touch, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you're good there. If you want to have the advantage of also having your device do other things like email or web browsing or whatever else. Netflix. Netflix. Although you exactly. can do that on a do console on an iPod, too. of course. Consoles, iPod, etc. Apps, I mean, you can do that on pretty much any device. Um, if you want a computing device, there's something like the HP Stream, which is supposed to be decent for the money. But I do think you kind of get what you pay for in the PC world. For sure. However, there are devices like an iPad or Microsoft's upcoming Surface Go 
that are inexpensive and they're from companies who generally make very well-made hardware. So the Surface line, um, whether you're a PC person or not or a Windows person or not, from a hardware perspective, the Surface line has been pretty great. And obviously, Apple makes, you know, very nice hardware with their iPads. So that's, you know, your $300 area. If you want to go any- with the new, especially with the new cheaper iPad, you know, th- yeah. 300, 329 bucks, the new Surface Go, you're talking about $400 on right. the low end. So that actually does get into that realm of the Chromebook without the keyboard, because if you're going to be buying an accessory keyboard with the Surface Go, it's going to cost right. extra. Correct. Correct. And, you know, I don't know. $400 without the keyboard mm. might be yeah. tough. Um, it does have the kickstand built in. Yeah. If you like that. <laughs> That's I'm, their sen- thing. I'm, I'm sensing that you don't. Andrew. They love, they just love talking about the kickstand. I'd have to give them a little <laughs> panels, penne and the kickstand yeah. evolution. Absolutely. So to me, it was shocking that the Chromebook wouldn't run Minecraft. And I started to think, is Microsoft playing the kind of games with its longtime rival, Google, that Google is playing with Amazon? Google's keeping the Oh, right, because Microsoft app. owns Minecraft. Yeah, Microsoft owns Minecraft. Is, you know, Google is keeping the YouTube app away from the Echo Show, which we just mm-hmm. talked about in the previous right. segment. And then is, My- is Microsoft doing the same thing with Minecraft? I don't think so, actually. I think I it's think more so of a either. technical issue. Yeah, I, th- I mean, Chromebooks, I mean, to me, Chromebooks, they're inexpensive. But again, you get what you pay for. Like you're basically buying a piece of hardware designed to run a web browser. That's really, at the end of the day, that's what a Chromebook is. And so trying to play Minecraft in that environment, I wouldn't really expect great results there versus something that's dedicated to either like a Minecraft app running from the Windows Store or from the App Store. You know it's going to work. I got to say, I think you just sold me on a Switch. Between this and oh, the Labo go. from earlier, I, I think... I think you just sold me I've on it. I've been talking about the Switch for, when did that thing come out? Like two years ago almost. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, man. It takes you a while. It takes. I actually feel like that's an important role of mine. You know, I just sort of dig in. Right. And like, <laughs> you got to really convince me. Something's got to be really good for me to upgrade. And so I can be sort of the voice of the uh, cheapskate. You're going to be using the office. Oculus Go for the next 10 years. We're going to be actually seeing real things. You're still in the, no, I'm, I'm gonna, using this. I'm still playing ping pong. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff. That is the Ask Andrew segment, and I actually did get a lot out of that. So there you go, you. Thank Nintendo you Switch. Much. Okay. All right, thank you for listening to Geared Up. If you're not already, you should subscribe to the show and Andrew's YouTube channel to see our live behind-the-scenes videos. You can do that at youtube.com slash gear live. And, of course, you can subscribe to Geared Up on your favorite podcast app. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you like what we do, consider leaving us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a GeekWire podcast. You can see more from us at geekwire.com. Claire McGrain produces the show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Talk to you next time on Geared Up on GeekWire.